guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. you guys have been following close with some of my parenting stuff over on Instagram, you'll know that I took this parenting class called MOSO, also known as Moms of Spicy Ones. And I took it with the instructor, Mary Van Geffen, who I actually originally found because I was looking for her to come do a podcast episode with me, which we did do and it was amazing. I will link it below. So I took that class and it was literally game changer for me and my parenting. It has transformed our children's relationships. It has transformed some of the ways that I see myself as a mother and the way that I parent. And truly, it was like eight weeks of this course felt like all the things that I learned in therapy and obviously much more affordable in therapy. I really stand by this course so deeply that I asked Mary if she would give us a discount code for her next class, which it starts on the 12th, I believe. I will make sure to put all the details below but it starts on the 12th and she's going to give us a discount code. It's Balkanina all caps for the next course for MOSO. It is a game changer no matter how old your kids are. But anyways, today we're talking to Mary about spiciness. What does it mean to be a spicy one? Spicy one as in me, the spicy one, and spicy one as in my child, the spicy one. How we can cope, how we can deal, and how we can handle these certain types of situations when we are spicy and or when our children are spicy. So let's dive in. Mary, I'm so excited to talk to you. I can't believe you're back. I feel like your interview was one of my absolute favorites I did on the show. And then we did a couple lives together on your channel on Instagram. So I'm excited to talk about spiciness today. Oh, yeah. Are you spicy, by the way? I am. I am. I learned that in your class. I am spicy. And I, I'm i also a highly sensitive person. I also just recently learned that too, which I feel like they go hand in hand, right? Like, Yeah. I think yeah, that's okay. one, one of the ways that somebody is a spicy one or thinks their child is, <clears throat> whether or not they are, is because of their own sensitivity. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You guys... If you've been listening to my podcast, you should know who Mary is. But in case you don't, Mary, who are you and why are you here? Hi, I'm a parent coach for the spicy ones. And those are the children that are just don't fit the mold. They're a little countercultural and the the gentle parenting, beautiful um, advice doesn't really work on them. If by work, we mean they get in line and they're obedient and they follow what we want I'm a spicy one. My mother was a spicy one. And I didn't find parenting to be be very common sense. Like I had to do a lot of soul work and training and classes and still felt a little bit like, yeah, but why isn't why is my kid so different? And now I realize it's because she's this amazing leader, and so am I, and so is my mom. And so yeah. Yeah, I, I basically create curriculum online that's generally self-paced, except for my big signature course, where people can get up to speed in parenting in a way they were not parented in. Yeah. And okay. spicy one, it, it it's not a diagnosis. It's a 
it's a new way of looking at highly um, willed and defiant and um, incredible children who have this fierce drive for independence. They're going to do it their way. They're going to be completely true to themselves. And they're going to teach us in the process because we can't make other people think we're a great parent when it comes to this kid. Yeah. And the reason I asked Mary, I just want to give you guys some back background here. I asked her to come on the podcast again because I felt like taking her course, Moms of Spicy Ones, was a game changer for me in my parenting. And like, this isn't, this isn't promoting anything. It's literally just saying like how different this was. The people that follow me on social media know that I've, for the past five years, have literally been obsessed with learning everything about parenting, respectful parenting, gentle parenting. And I'm the type of person that like hyper fixates on something and I need to do it right. And that's how I have been with parenting. And some of it's been good because I've learned a lot about parenting and child development and the things that kids need in in certain ages and phases. However, I feel like it just really didn't teach me much about myself. And I didn't even know I needed to know anything about myself. I was just thinking like, I need to raise this kid, but he's crazy. So Mary had this class and I was like, yeah, just another parenting class. Sure, I'll take it. So I took the class and took me for a loop because it was a lot of self work, like a lot of work that I feel like I also did in therapy. And I know that. So the way I the way I explain it to people is I went to therapy for two and a half years and I paid out of pocket because to get this incredible therapist and it cost $160 per week to have two and a half years of therapy. And I feel like what I got in your class in I don't know, how long is it again? Eight weeks? Yeah, eight weeks. I felt like I learned so much of what I learned in therapy in your class too. So it was very beneficial. And I just kept thinking about all these other people who, or moms really, I just kept thinking like all these other moms who are struggling in parenting and in in just like self-worth and self-care I mean, who can really afford two and a half years of $160 a week? Like, that's just crazy, right? So I'm thinking like, holy shit, like Mary does it all. She literally gave me this like eight weeks of intense therapy of identifying who I am as a person and like learning how to cope and learning how to deal. And I just felt like I took so much more out of it for myself and on how I want to treat my family. And it wasn't solely like when your kid does this, you need to do this, which is what I was expecting, right? Like that's what you typically expect out of a parenting class. Like they teach you like your kid yells at you. This is what you do. Whereas in your class, I felt like I I learned coping mechanisms and like calming mechanisms and like mechanisms. Is that the sure. word? Or no, tools. Like having- <laughs> yeah. That's the- Anyways. So at the end, I was like, One thing I have to tell you this, Mary, and I think I told you this in your review too. One thing I really took away was identifying myself with like a powerful something, right? And for me, the royal really stuck to me. So I my royal was Queen Maleficent because Mm. how spicy. Right. Like that's who I feel like I am. I'm like a badass and I'm like spicy, but I also am like a powerful leader. So Queen Maleficent is my royal and 
if you guys take Mary's class, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I put it on a sticky note and I drew a crown because you told me to like draw a picture. And I was like, well, I can't draw her. So I'll just draw a crown. So I drew a crown and I hung it on my kitchen cabinet. It's still hanging there. And Tom, the like a couple weeks ago, we put, recorded a podcast episode and I was like explaining the Queen Maleficent thing. And Tom goes, I'm not going to lie. I wondered what that was, but I was too scared to ask because I didn't know if you had told me about it. But I wondered why it was brown. And a, uh, so anyways, I took that away and I wanted to have you on. Well, wait, uh, can I ask a quick question? Yes. What, how do you parent differently when you're embodying Queen Maleficent? Like, what, is it, what does it look like when you're showing up to your, to your kids? So the way I picture it and... Uh, for people, for the people listening who haven't taken Mary's classes, she explains to you how to do this and why why a royal is somebody that's a good leader. So the way I see it is, and for me, I'm such a visual learner, and that's what I think I got out of your class the most is like you literally give this like visual to everything, and you put like ideas with everything. It's not just like, do you get it? It's kind of like, do you know when? this and this does this like it just it just made sense to me and for me that's how I learn I'm a very creative person so when I parent as Queen Maleficent I when I see that note I it reminds me to take a deep breath to plant my feet and to move slow mm. and those three things quite literally change who I am as a mom because then I don't respond in a way that I would typically respond which is like intention and anger and like annoyance and and it just simply reminds me like I'm the queen I'm the leader I'm the mom and they are looking to me to be firm but also lead leading so that's when I see that like all those thoughts come to my head so I just I want to pause on how cool that is because I, no one has ever chosen Queen Maleficent before. And <laughs> you describing it, I remember watching the movie and being like, dang, that girl does not hurry. Like, it doesn't matter if her home is on fire because I think they like set fire to her woods or whatever. She is like, takes her time and moves. Yeah. And I can see how powerful that would be if you, if your nature wants to yell or your yeah. coping mechanisms or your past comes in and says, it's time to hit, right? Like Maleficent doesn't do that. So well done. Well, the so like, I know she's sometimes looked as a villain, but like at the end of the movie, she's this gentle, loving, and like amazing mom who all she ever wanted was to protect her daughter i'm getting right? chills like she cuts yeah. off her wings for love like she literally is, like she's got the tenderness down yes so like yes i i think it's a unique queen to choose but i i feel like her sometimes i feel this like resentment and anger but then i'm like i'm better than that so Yes. Yeah, a powerful thing about Maleficent. Maybe Maleficent, the movie, will sponsor this episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, but you were saying, but you wanted to talk about... I so, yeah. So I like, I feel like this was a really long winded way of to explain to people why I invited you. I literally texted Mary. I have her personal cell phone number. I was like, Mary, I need you on the podcast to talk about your class because I feel like it's very unique, but not only your class. I also just wanted you to give us some like basic explanation of like, let's start here. What is a spicy one? I know you kind of explained it, but like in general, a person like say the mom's listening, like, how do you know? How do you know if a mom 
how do I know if I'm spicy? Oh, well, isn't that, that's the question. And usually it's not what someone's asking. They're like, Hey, this child is out of control. What do I do about the child? But a lot of times it is us. And one of the avenues of spiciness is being highly sensitive, a highly sensitive person where your nervous system is often over-processing everything happening. And so it makes parenting like your own personal hell because there's constant words and whining and stuff coming out of your child. They're constantly touching you. There's all these transitions where you got to move them. And it's like on some level a betrayal of self because your body is rebelling against that, can't, can't tolerate that. And so a lot of times that's happening in the background without mom being aware. And when you're being like prickled with, with um, irritations over and over again and have an allergy, of course you're going to yell when the person you think that's causing the allergy is coming to you. So mm-hmm. that's one way to know is, and we, and in my course, we, we do the highly sensitive um, person test, but there's also like, is it your background? Did you grow up in a way where you are treated or you have a, a sense memory in your body of being treated with a lot of disrespect and um, neglect and sort of conditional love? And that creates a spicy mom because you're trying to use these tools that people used on you, but they don't quite feel right. And um, they aren't who you want to be. So that's a really spicy situation. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is just having a temperament of like being spicy. Like, and by that, I mean, you're highly um, persistent when you, there's something you want, um, but you might be highly distractible as well. You might be really intense when you, with your emotions and um, you might have um, a kind of an inflexibility about you or a need for perfection in certain ways. You just might have this like passionate, you know, intensity to you and be somebody who just defaults to sort of a brutal honesty that doesn't always work with parenting. So yeah, yeah, those are kind of the three ways that you might be spicy is sort of literally being highly sensitive and, and in over your head with stimulation, having a, 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 a family of origin issue where you're kind of working out this healing real time. And then thirdly, just there's attributes on the temperament scale. And you can take my free temperament quiz if you're wondering um, that just kind of indicates somebody who is more spicy. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that you had, you had a ton of quizzes, you had a ton of like resources. And one thing when you're talking about spicy moms, one thing that I noticed. So for those listening, Mary's class is very like personal. There's a lot of, it's just, you see other moms, you hear them talking about things, you, you, and I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but if, if not, I'll cut it out. But there are moms crying on video, like Zoom. I mean, there's Zoom. Um, call. <laughs> it sound like a, like an insane <laughs> asylum. Yes. But like, <laughs> what my point is, is like, it's very like deep and it just makes you feel like, holy cow, like we are so, all so much more alike than we think. And we have yes. a lot of moms I noticed and like I, we know I talk very openly about my my issues, but like the some of the things the moms were sharing about how how they feel about their kid and how their parenting is and stuff. It almost makes me feel like another 
Uh, another like identifying factor of a spicy mom is someone who like really just has this expectation and wants this type of control of what their family and kids should be doing and like without much room for give. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah, because- which we all, yes. And, and, and it doesn't mean you're a perfectionist. It means like you've waited to have these kids and now they're here and you have a certain way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you've got this kid that will not go with the flow. I mean, it can be as basic as I always wanted to be like the kind of mom that wore the same thing as her daughter. I just thought mm-hmm. that'd be so cute. And she was absolutely not going to do that because she was so sensitive to the feel yeah. of things. And uh, she didn't want to get dressed up and that, you know, that that's a, sort of a surface level thing, but it gets bigger. It's the way, what your values are sometimes are in conflict with who this child is. Yeah, no, I, and I loved seeing that. And it's, it was really cool to be able to unravel, like, why am I really like, like, what do I really want? Like, why am I really like this? And again, like it all just goes back down to therapy. And another thing I really loved, I can just talk about this all day, is Please don't the, stop. the like breathing techniques and like different hand. Were you the one that taught us about the roller coaster breathing? Okay. So I started doing that and intentionally, like I wanted my kids to see that I was doing it. And then eventually it became a habit. My freaking five-year-old just did it the other day. Aww. I just want to cry saying this, yeah. but like without any, nothing, no prompting. He, I, I was like having a really hard time. I was yelling. I was like, I'm having a really hard time. I'm, I'm yelling right now and I don't want to be yelling. Um, and he goes, mommy, you should do this with your hand and then do the roller coaster. And he mm-hmm. literally told me to do that. And I was like, oh my, you're an angel. Like he's literally, ugh, he's like the best thing in the world. But, and that took, that means that you had enough humility to kind of bring him, bring him into your healing process on some yeah. level. Like you, that's the other thing is like spicy moms start off with being like, well, they're the child and I'm supposed to be the adult. And it's supposed to be a certain way. And then you learn that like, well, who wrote those rules? Yeah. Because yeah, they're not yeah. working for this kid anyway. Like how beautiful that you create a safe enough space where he gets to say that to you. Yeah. There's a lot of parents that would be like, don't you, you know, don't talk to me when I'm this upset, you know, or whatever. Like I just, I get so excited when a mom like you goes through this, because can you imagine if our mothers had taken a class mm-hmm. and been, and been interested in like, how can I treat this larger than life kid with with respect and unconditional love when I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so beautiful that, that someone like you would commit the time and the space. It's just, it's yeah. Proud of you. And another thing that I took that I, th- I think is the biggest accomplishment I got out of this was I used to talk about, we all know everyone listening here already knows like I have a spicy kid. He's he's a sensory seeker. He's uh he's a highly sensitive kid. Like he is everything incredible, right? But before your class, I always found myself talking about all the negative things and how I needed to fix them and how he's this and he's that and he's hard, he's this. And what I found and I I feel like it was a natural shift. It, it kind of just happened naturally. I talk so highly of my kids now. I find that I feel so much closer to them when I have positive things to say. And yes, there can be difficult things about him, but then I always think about 
him being difficult? Like, what is that really? Like, what what is he really? Who is he really? And why is he being this way? And I feel like the way I talk about my family and kids has really shifted because of mm-hmm. being able... To, I don't know. I, just, I think the sense of community too, like knowing like there are kids like this out there and that's okay. They're amazing kids. They're going to change the world. And kind of like, I love how you share about your daughter. She was, she's your spicy one. And I love, I love how highly you talk about her. And I think that's, it it says a lot about a parent when they can uh, speak so highly of their kids, even when they're in the trenches. Tell her that, would you? Just kidding. (laughs) Right. Um, as, As an 18 year old, she is like so ready to get out of this house. And yet we're like so close. And so I'm going through my own grieving process as I say goodbye to her to college. I know that's hard. I remember that with my mom and I remember no joke. We got closer than ever because I left. Mm. Like it made everything so much better for our relationship. So, and I know you already have a good one, but I'm saying like, it'll probably keep getting better. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I want to just hear what your top ways or things that moms listening can start doing now to mold themselves into the life of their spicy child so they can compliment their child versus talk bad about them. Mm. And I, and I want to look at that word mold because I feel like a lot of moms of spicy ones have been molding themselves their whole friggin' life. And now they got to do it for this kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had more than one moment of like, I wouldn't choose this person as a friend. And now I got to be with them every day. Like, I just want to, I want to acknowledge the resistance we all have to having to change us to show up for this kid. And I guess rather than mold, I, I kind of like the idea of like, let's like clean up the area. Let's like sweep away the old dirt, the gunk that's getting in the way of the connection, because I think we're all kind of perfectly designed for the kid in front of us, but we might not have seen it modeled how to be with them. So the way to do that in the first four weeks of the class, we don't even talk about how to show up differently for the kid. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. The first is really getting clear on your own story. If you don't, it's like this ghost that's trying to parent with you. So if it's like, yeah, 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 we don't need to talk about how it was for me growing up or my parents did the best they could when that's our story and we can't articulate, yeah, but you know, it was hard for, you know, it was hard for me as a little person or, you know, it's still hard when we're just trying to do, oh, I want to stay positive about that or I don't want to disrespect my parents almost like we're being disloyal to name some of what was hard about our childhood. Then we just bring all that into the present. They, I mean, there's research that shows when you can't articulate what it was like for you to be little, you just unconsciously replicate that same toxic dynamic. So if I was going to say one thing to help you be more complimentary to your spicy one, it's to get in touch with your internal spicy one. What was it like to be little? When you grew up, mm-hmm. telling that story to someone, journaling it. I hate journaling. I'm a person that needs to actually tell someone the story. So I might say to a friend, can, can you ask me what it was like to be little? I don't really remember, but I just want to talk this out. Um, and getting a picture of little you and, and noticing when I look at little me, am I, do I roll my eyes? 
Um, am I like, oh, this kid, right? Or am I like, look at her, she's really cute. She deserved to be treated with respect and she deserved to be um, treasured and not ignored or yelled at, right? So the more we get in touch with little us, the more we have like this expanded resourcefulness and this spaciousness to be like, okay, now this real human kid in front of me is having a hard time. I can be a little more grounded for that. I have room for it. So that would be number one is if you want to show up well for your spicy one, you start by showing up well for the little you and naming what happened, writing it out and talking to yourself or to others. What, how would you have liked it to be? Because in there is this awesome recipe for how to parent this child in front of you. Like, you know, the, you know, the answers, like sometimes what people will say, what should I say to my kid when um, he's disappointed that we, we, it's like, well, what would you have wanted someone to say to you? Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times we're walking on eggshells and we're trying to not get the spicy one angry. And that is not the objective. Mm-hmm. The objective is not to have be tying ourselves up in knots to avoid the things that trigger them. Um, Cause then we are kind of creating a, a kid that no one wants to be around. So that's not, uh, that was a lot. What, what are you taking from that? No, I, I like that you bring it back to like your own childhood and that's not commonly done in parenting stuff. And that's something I did in therapy. We did a lot of childhood trauma healing. And I feel like you do that in your class in a very roundabout way. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I remember there was a, there was a homework assignment one week where we had to write a letter or write something to our younger selves or say something to our younger selves. I don't remember exactly what it was. I have it all still, but um, I remember getting very emotional because I remember not having that, you know, like I didn't have that as a kid and like thinking, thinking now as a mom, like I don't want my kid to look back and like feel like they don't have that. And so again, I think it goes back to, I love that there was so much. I mean, like you said, four weeks of all self-work. So yeah, I feel like you're, we're, we're terrifying people that are listening to this. They're like, well, I'm good. Like, it's it's hard work, but I also feel like it was so crucial because, I mean, how do you parent when you don't even know who you are and how you calm down? And I mean, there are, I don't even know how these people that already have their shit together live. Like, oh, good for you. You who lucky. Are they, though? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they actually exist. We're all fighting a unseen battle. If, yeah. and, and that leads me to my second sort of tip or, or place to go is really checking in with your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself when the shit hits the fan with the spicy one? You know, you're, you've done everything like clockwork in the morning and now it's time to leave. And suddenly they're they're melting down and you can tell it's going to get big and they're not going to put their shoes on. And you're saying to yourself, you jerk, can't you get anybody out of the house? Like a good mom would be able to get her kid to school on time. Here you are, you're late again. And you find yourself, oh my gosh, I'm berating myself. Mm. I'm speaking to myself in a way that guess what? Totally impacts your parenting. Because if if I'm being whispered in my ear, what a loser I am, or I'm not enough, or I've messed it up again, I can't turn and smile at my child. I'm being bullied. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms are having a very strong inner bully. Mm-hmm. And so 
just the first step is becoming aware of that. What, what is the, like, if there's a narrator in your head, what are they saying? And, and then in the course, we kind of talk about separating from that. Um, cause we all have it. We all have a mean voice, but is it running the show? Is it driving the car or, or are you just kind of aware of it and you, and you choose a different voice and that would be important because the spicy one is going to push all the boundaries. Like they are the perfect test case for um, moving into spaces where you you feel judgment from others. But a lot of times that judgment is really internal. Everybody's kind of busy doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although there is a lot of judgment from family. Just today, somebody said, what do you do? And Somebody says, um, well, I know nobody tells you no. So um, like that is such a bitchy um, mother-in-law thing to say. Passive aggressive (laughs) shit. Like I'm spicy that I would just call it. I call everyone like, I mean, I I try to be like the most healed version of myself that I am when I'm calling people out, but I'm like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. But that that's your light. I mean, and and let's say that that'll be our third thing that noticing... The big parts of the big unique things about your child are going to be their gifts. And, you know, this culture spends so much time trying to hammer down the the faults. Let's just focus on the gifts. Like your gift is you're a truth teller. Mm. You're a light bringer. And if, if we don't have people like you who go, hold on a second, that's not okay. Mm. If we don't have people who say, I'm going to name the elephant in the room, then, then people get oppressed and injustice happens and yucky things go down because everyone's a bystander. Like it's gorgeous that you have that. And I bet it was a pain in the butt to parent a child that says, wait a second, you said we were going to the pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh my oh. God. So last winter, I took Dom to Home Goods with me and he had these chocolate coins that he really wanted. And I was like, I mean, it was like about to be a meltdown. And I was like, why don't we leave them at the register? And then another time when we come, we'll see if they're still here and the lady will watch them for us. Blah, blah, blah. This kid asks me almost a year later if we can go back for the chocolate coins and I'm like, what am I going to do? I have to somehow make these chocolate coins appear or I'm going to be a liar. (laughs) But no, yeah, he's definitely, I I think I love that about kids though. Like they're just going to call us on our shit. But not every kid is. There are kids that are, because I got two very different kids. I don't know about you. Um, and some people have two different flavors of spicy, but I, I have seen many mild children. In fact, I think 80%, if I'm, I'm going to make this up, right. But if, if we look at the highly sensitive data and if we look at ADHD and, and the other things that are kind of neurodivergent, um, most kids go with the flow a little bit more. You say, we're going to come back or, or you say no, and they have a quiet grieving process, mm-hmm. not a spicy one. He's going to have a big grieving process and he's going to, it's going to be about injustice for him. And um, they just make the themes bigger than they um, would be with a regular child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So uh, one of the top questions I get, and I'm sure you get also is, how do you help your partner help your spicy one? How do you help your partner get on the same page? Because I think that's really hard. Like I, Tom and I wanted to watch the class together or take the class together. And 
it just worked out that I just did it on my own time because that's how it worked and he didn't take it. I just would relay stuff to him. But I think some of the stuff that you do in there is just so important for dads too, especially because men don't really get to do a lot of that inner work. You know, what advice do you have for moms and what can they do to get their partner on board? Mm, What a big, gigantic question. Um, And I'll start by saying, A family system can change when one person changes. So it doesn't always have to be a direct, how do I lasso him in, get him to agree with this and change his behavior. Sometimes it can be you doing the work, talking about what you're learning about you and staying away from his side of the street and him just watching and noticing and seeing the connection you're building and sort of the long-termness of and goodness. And then he begins to shift. So we see that time and time again, that one person can get help and a family system has to adjust for that. Now, what's tough is your two parents, you have two different people with very different upbringings and potentially values. And getting on the same page of that is hard. But I do think if you take a parenting class, like slow down, slow your roll because, you know, moms, we get it done. We go fix, we, we, we walk towards relational learning and often it's stereotypical. The male is lagging behind and going, let let me outsource that to you. And you can't really outsource growth, right? Growth comes with a little bit of pain, like consciousness hurts, right? So I think modeling, not telling them what to do, having a signal, but also talking about what does good parenting look like to them? And maybe they're going to talk about, well, my kid obeys me. Okay. But if we don't necessarily have control of that, how do you want to show up as a parent and having those kind of conversations where maybe you share, here's, here's what the kind of parent I want to be. So setting goals together, like what kind of parent do they want to be? And can you bring it back to their be there the way they show up versus what they want their kid to do, which is like a lot of times people come into therapy and they're like, how do I get so-and-so? And And it's like, well, so-and-so is not here. You are. So how do you want to show up? Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I I haven't heard anyone give that advice yet. Like have your partner talk about how they want to show up and what their goals are versus, I mean, it's Typically, the answer is going to be the kids need to behave. They're kids. They need to obey. You know, that's typically. But what do you want to be like? I love that. What do you want to be like? And also tell me a little bit about what it was like to be little at your house. Mm -hmm. And you might get it's fine. I mean, we can't push. I was spanked and I'm fine. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. We can also ask like who... One thing I've I've had a client say before, I've advised her to say is like, hey, you seem to have wanted to outsource the learning of parenting to me. Is that still true? Am I the primary person taking classes and growing my skills? If so, will you take direction from me? If it's not, then will you do this together? I mean, the best case is that you you slow your roll and you say, well, I'll wait. Uh, I, instead of starting, let's do it together on Saturday. I want to, mm-hmm. and you watch it a second time whatever it takes to get them to come to the curriculum, but getting them to agree, are you going to take classes and read books or am I? And if it's me, then will you take my lead as I explain to you why and what we're doing? Mm -hmm. I love it. Love that. Okay. So tell me where, when's your next class? Don't you have a class coming up 
Yes. Moso's back. It's back on the 13th, which is Wednesday. It opens up and um, your people should use your link to get in uh, because then they can talk to you about it and mm-hmm. kind of process the class with you, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's eight weeks, but it kind of goes through through Thanksgiving because we take a break of the Thanksgiving week. But mm-hmm. basically on Tuesdays, we're going to do live coaching on Thursdays, the curriculum drops each week and you'll have about an hour to an hour and a half of videos and, and journaling to do. And mm-hmm. then if you want, you show up to the live coaching. There's also an offline or an online private community that you can be a part of to meet other moms, but you'll meet them if you come on the coaching call as well. Like you can kind of pick and choose what you want to be a part of. The bare minimum is that you're, you know, watching these, these videos that come out each week. I don't dump them all on you. They're kind of titrate out. And there was, I mean, there was weeks where I had to like catch up on two weeks worth. They're so quick. Like the, the things are like four minutes, 10 minutes. Like they're so quick. I, I didn't feel like I was just sitting through a lecture. So I I was worried about that in the beginning, but I love that. And then also where can we find you on socials? Mary Van Geffen. That's me. I'm on there every day. I'm posting some tips and tricks and free stuff because we can't all afford to take parenting uh, courses and the fun is happening in stories. So come see me there. Yeah, you're quite fun. I'm going to link everything below and also uh, make sure to link your socials below. Thank you so much, Mary, for coming to chat. Uh, It's such a pleasure. I'm proud of you. Oh, I love Mary. I could talk to her all day. She's just so like receptive and understanding and also just feels like she really cares. Um, if you like this episode, make sure you uh, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast and make sure to check out Balkanina and Mama Knows podcast on Instagram. And I have all of the discount codes and the links below in the notes. See you next time. <laughs>